everybody. It's Zach and Jamir back again. It's the holidays. So let's talk about some holiday hoops. Happy holidays to your families. Happy holidays to my brother Zach. Thanks, bro. Absolutely, absolutely. It's the same to you, of course. Appreciate it, good sir. Appreciate it. So we've been going for a little while. It's been a lot of a lot of things have taken place and transpired. Just general life stuff. We have an individual here, a black man with a master's degree. Sir. That's that's fantastic. Congratulations, good sir. Appreciate it, bro. I think that I officially is... graduated like last week, like officially. Fire. Degree Fire. on That's... the way. My piece of paper on the way. <laughs> That's big talk. That's big talk. Not for real though. Congratulations, man. Appreciate it. This that's crazy. Like how many podcasts do you know are are, are fully degreed up and fifty percent master degreed up? That's kind of crazy if you think <laughs> about it. That's wow. This this is there's some real intelligence bouncing around here. I'm crying. (laughs) Some real intelligence outside of basketball. So your master's degree coming up too. Hey man. We 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 only gonna wait. We're gonna wait and work. That's all we're gonna do. The two W's wait and work. So since we've you know since we we've taken kind of a, a little bit of a break the landscape has taken more shape uh and things are starting to i guess unfold a little more teams are kind of around a 33 game mark pretty much mm-hmm. which you know we're, we're closing in on the halfway mark at this point and things are pretty interesting, if I'm being completely honest. Everything is really tight still. Like the league is very, very tight. And as we said, and as we kind of projected, there's, there's going to be a lot of parity this year. There is parity, serious parity in both conferences. So like, what, what, are your th- what are your thoughts and takeaways right now? Like, What are some things that are catching your eye at this moment? At this moment, one thing that's catching my eye definitely is just how I'm just kind of shocked that the Warriors are still struggling at this point, and Steph Curry is now out for like a month, a month at best. So that's just something that's very interesting to me. Just a lot of teams are just really all over the place. Uh, one thing that's I guess it's not surprising, but it's good. I'll say it's good to see that the Nets have stabilized. Jock Vaughn's doing a great job. I was just watching the Brooklyn and Milwaukee game earlier. They actually have an offense that they run, which is great. It's not just give Katie and Kyrie the ball. And yes, those two are still obviously central, but there's there's some motion going on. Ben Simmons is still like very timid, but he's the he's a functional player now, which is great to see. I think one thing that's really surprised me is how the Pacers are like legitimately in the running for a playoff spot. Like, you know, you can't really. At this point, you have kind of to accept that they are in the race. And one thing I do, one thing I found funny was how, I don't know if you remember in our season previews, we were talking about teams that are likely to fall out in the East. And you said Toronto, and I said Chicago. And it looks like 
we both might be right. <laughs> Which is like Toronto's just falling off a cliff for whatever reason. As has Chicago, things don't look good. And just real quick, I, I just did a lot of East stuff in the West. The Suns might make the playoffs for real. Like at this point, certain teams, like, you know, the Warriors obviously are better than their 15 to 18, but like at this point, we got to respect the Kings at 17 and 13. You know what I mean? So that's Absolutely. very cool to see. Of my of my inner circle teams I had in the West, Denver, Clippers, and Warriors, Denver is the only one that really, like, that I feel confident in. The Clippers, if they can get healthy, <laughs> I respect them. But if yeah. they can get healthy, that's been the – if they can get healthy, has been their catchphrase for, like, four years. And the Warriors, I don't know what's going on there. I guess to wrap up this my quick summary, the, the team I have the most on watching outside the Celtics is the Lakers. I'm not gonna lie to you, like you know, as we had said, the way the team's constructed, the only way they can work is if they're making plays on defense and running and and dunking it or laying it up or just making quick quick fast break points. And the problem is they don't have the personnel for that, but they have they do have bursts of that play style that works for them. I don't know if you've been watching any Lakers games lately, but you see they have like three, like three minute, four minute stretches uh-huh. where they're just stealing everything and dunking everything. Just steal, dunk, uh-huh. steal, dunk, stop, uh-huh. uh, you know, three pointer. You know what I mean? Like they do have a style of play that works. It's just a matter of getting it consistently. They and have to. They've been up and down. They can still make the playoffs just because how close the West is. But it's just, it's just a shame that Anthony Davis got hurt. Cause as much as I'm a, as much as I'm someone who's critical of Anthony Davis, I can't deny that he's been hooping this year. I'm alive, but if the Lakers can survive, survive without Anthony Davis, they can stay. If they can overtake the Warriors out, Steph, I think they have a good shot, good shot of getting in that play in for real. But um, yeah, they're just a team I've been, I've just been kind of keeping an eye on all year because, like I said, I described them as like a car accident. You can't help but like look, even though it's terrible. There, there's, there's some positive things going on there. That's pretty much my summary. And I look at also shout out to your Sixers for cleaning it up a bit. Oh, <laughs> thank God! Finally, man. Yeah, it's it, it. It took us a minute, but we got there. It's kind. Of, I feel like that's kind of been the theme of the season of just mm-hmm. like it's. T- it, 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 I don't know what it's been. I don't know what exactly it's been this season with most teams, but I just feel like it's kind of been a, the case of we started off slow, but we're gonna get there, and I, and I think. I think in a previous episode, I talked about a timeline about when we were supposed to really see everybody getting gear. And I think that I'm kind of on, I was kind of on the right track. I said MLK Day was when we were, we were going to really start to see how things were going to look. And I think that teams are starting to get, like some teams are starting to get healthier. So, I mean, obviously. You know, guys like Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, they're going to be out for an extended period of time. But for the most part, it looks like teams are starting to figure themselves out, get things together. I'm just happy our defense is playing so well. Having a top two defense is kind of crazy. Right. For the Sixers, that's that's unique. And, you know, for the folks who saying, like, P.J. Tucker isn't really having an impact, you can see. And they, they're actually fighting. I mean, offensively, I think that there's some things we can definitely do to fix it. Being ranked 19th is is, is kind of crazy with having Joel and B. But I think that when Tyrese Maxey comes back, 
we will really get on the right track offensively. And when we finally really, I guess, figure out what, like who we are, I think identity is the biggest thing. And I think a lot of, like that's the, that's been the thing for a lot of teams this season. Like, unless you're already kind of an established team, like the Warriors who have, who have a system, although they're struggling, the Bucks, the Nuggets, the, the, the Grizzlies, those kind of teams. If you got a lot of pieces that you're integrating or even just a major piece, like for all intents and purposes, PJ Tucker is not a major piece, but at the same time, he is a, he is a kind of player that you have to integrate in your system because of the fact that he has specific uh, deficiencies and things that he does well, like that are very specific. So just incorporating those pieces. But yeah, yeah, you kind of called it. Denver's right on track. And I think we were, we, we, we pretty, we hit it pretty much on the head when it came to the East, at least in terms of who was going to be up top. Right. Yes. We, we both thought the Sixers would be three and they're not there yet. They definitely, can be like of that second of the non Boston Milwaukee tier, they're definitely they definitely have the best potential to be that third seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a matter of them uh, just locking in and getting it because, like you said, that 19 ring offense is not indicative of who they should be at all. That's absolutely. that's a team that should be top ten in both categories. Yeah, absolutely, easily makes no sense whatsoever. But hey. And... Yeah, but to your credit, like the PJ Tucker thing, like while he's not like a big time guy necessarily, he is starting for that team, getting like over twenty eight minutes a game. So that's that's a big chunk of time to integrate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still stand by that he should shoot the ball a little more, but it's just like the way the, with the way Embiid gets double teamed for PJ Tucker to have all them open looks. Like you just imagine that he's getting he can get open threes all day. So I do think he needs to shoot a little more, but. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I guess they're starting to win now. So whatever he's doing at this point, keep doing, I guess. <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> but, you know, yeah, and Sixers are just, they're just very interesting because they're just, they should be a lot better than their, not a lot better. Their record's not bad at all, but I feel like the way they looked, they should, they should be looking better. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And I think, Again, I just it's just been such a weird season. Like mm-hmm. the Knicks are right behind us, above the the Hawks. Like we projected them to be ten. Yeah, I think we both did say they'd be like 11, ten or eleven. Yeah, and then there's, and there's not much difference. Like we have a whole half of a season to go, but just based on how things look right now, it looks like the Knicks are going to like. It looks like another one of those seasons where the Knicks are going to be hanging around. And and Mm -hmm. to be completely honest, right now, it looks as if Jalen Brunson was almost worth every penny, if not more. Yeah, he's he's stabilized all the funkiness that is the Knicks roster. They have a Knicks just have a lot of quirky dudes. You know what I mean? Like Julius Randle's a quirky player. RJ Barrett's a bit of a quirky player. And Jalen Brunson's kind of tying it all together. And they stopped playing Evan Fournier. Which no surprise made the team better. They had their nice little win streak, and then you know it has ended. But I think they lost two straight now. Yeah, 
But like you said, they're gonna they're they are a solid team. Mm-hmm. And that is for New York Knicks basketball in the last 10 years, that there's that solid is not so bad. Yeah, they're 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 third best team in the NBA right now in rebounding. And they're middle of the pack on offense and defense, which is good for Knicks basketball. And then again, like Jalen Brunson has had probably the best guard play of any guard that the Knicks have had in years. Right. So. All right. It's real looking, quick. Go okay. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I was going to say real quick before we transition to the Christmas games, there's turmoil in Chicago and Atlanta, it seems. And a lot of NBA people are talking about Toronto possibly shopping people. So uh, mm. what are your thoughts on, on those situations? It's look, if I'm being honest, if, if we're trending on the track that we are right now, like if we're going on the track that we're, we're on right now currently, the trade deadline is going to be really, really fascinating. Like Jay Crowder is on the prowl. Like a guy like Jay Crowder, we already know what Jay Crowder is. Like he's another kind of like takes up 33 minutes, hits corner threes, plays defense. Right. Winning pedigree kind of player. Mm-hmm. He's he's already on the market. There's been a lot of talk of John Collins on the market. Uh, the Pacers. Yeah, rumors, rumors that Trey Young's going to request a trade soon. I don't know. That <laughs> would – I mean, Trey, listen, Trey Young, Trey Young is a – like, offensively, he's a dynamo. Yeah, so, true, very true. Like, I mean, you would have to very much be prepared for serious defense, defensive deficiency and you would really have to put something like something behind him to buffer him defensively but we're talking about a dude who averages 27 and a half and 9.9 assists basically 10 assists a game 20 27 and a half and 10 a game at point guard so you I have know, yeah. sorry finish no i was just going to say you have a true conductor and a number one scoring option offensively. I was just thinking, like, I never thought this up until now. We were just talking about it. But you put Trey Young on a team like Toronto, like, of course, you have to trade some important players for him. But if you keep the Pascals and the OGs, just the way Toronto was built, I think that's a great situation to hide all the defensive deficiencies that Trey Young comes with because he, he is one of the worst defenders in the entire league. Mm hmm. One of the best offensive players, but one of the worst defenders. And he's much closer to the worst defender than he is the best offensive player. So it's just like, you know, he has his problems. But a team like Toronto with long, rangy defenders could definitely cover him up a lot. But I don't know how that mm-hmm. trade would work. That's That just sounds like it would be a whole a difficult conversation to have. I don't know. I mean, because here's the thing. If I'm a team – like, I'll say this. If I'm a team – that doesn't have a superstar. I would look if, if I would I would get on the phone for Trey Young because here's the thing. You can build around Trey Young. Like I, I feel like for like Toronto actually to me would be a perfect situation. Right. For Trey Young because one Trey Young you already know the kind of superstar that he is and you know what he brought to the, the the swagger and the energy that he brought to Atlanta. 
Like, you can imagine, I can imagine Drake on the sideline already cheering Trey Young on and them being the best of buddies. Right. Trey we'll Young. Look at the numbers from right. the money, the money-wise. Like, if you, for example, you did, like, Van Vliet and, and Gary Trent Jr., money mm-hmm. works. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. It's, not as, it's not as difficult as I was making it sound, actually. It's more so about what kind of asset, like, what exactly is Atlanta looking for? Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure they're going to be looking for a lot, because again, as I said, like Trey Young is a face of a franchise kind of offensive player anyway. But you, you definitely, I think Atlanta tried to put, they try, they tried, like they really tried to put the right kind of team around them, but they they were missing the wing defender part, and I think that really hurt them. Uh, and I mean, you know, you, you got the lob threat, Clint Capella, you got the shooters, all that good stuff. John Collins. It, it wasn't, it never wasn't a bad team, but it wasn't a team that could be a championship team. Like, right. I think you put him in Toronto with Nick Nurse, with a guy like Nick Nurse, or you could put, you could put him in, you could put him in multiple places. Like, I could see him if the Knicks hadn't done what they did. Uh, well, I mean, no, the Knicks have assets. You could move Jalen Brunson to the two. Mm-hmm. There's there's a number of teams that I could see trying to acquire a guy of his caliber. Utah has an astronomical amount of assets, and they could still be rebuilding around him. So it's a lot of teams and a lot of places where you could you could say, "Ooh, Trey Young." would be as hot a commodity as any, then, yeah, it's just, yeah, ultimately, I don't I don't know, and plus, I'll say this, too, to kind of close on this, because I feel like I've been on this for a minute, but I think with the Trey Young, with a deal like that, I feel like even if he were to request a trade, that trade wouldn't be met into the offseason, if that, because I feel like it's just too, it's too, like, hefty a conversation, unless a team, unless teams are already on the phone about the conversation, mm-hmm. like unless teams have been on the phone about the kind, you know, about that, about that kind of deal, because again, that you talk about 27 and a half and 10, that's kind that that's going to be a very long conversation. And you're going to have to really convince me and sell, like sell me on trading that player away. But right. I, I think the trade deadline, either way, I think that, just based on what we've seen so far, I feel like a lot of teams feel like they have, they need a little something. I feel like a lot of teams need a little something. And if a team, for example, like a Toronto, who's only a couple games back of being a playoff team, like, again, it's still very tight. They could ship off a lot of pieces and get a lot back. They could ship off just one or two pieces and get a lot back. Because a lot of their players are, like, guys who you could they're like attachment kind of pieces, like a Gary Trent, great role player, a Pre- uh, Precious Achua, uh, you know those kind of guys are all they're just they're just good, just generally good basketball players. Donald Porter's, Thaddeus Youngs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, veterans. All right. So we'll see about that, but that, that's that's going to be really interesting. But I do think a lot of teams do feel like they need a little something, like especially Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee, I, I I would be very surprised if 
Milwaukee specifically didn't make a move to get better because I feel like they're going to need something. Like, they're going to need an extra jolt in the playoffs. Yeah, I feel you. But, you know, given their record and continuity and all that, they might think they're good enough. And they are. They are good enough. But I think, like you said, they could use something. We talked about this in the last episode, and actually, they could use a they could use somebody. They need a guard. Like, I, 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 and, and again, they'll, they'll get Joe Angles, which is going to help them on the wing. And I, I think that that'll be that'll be like that'll you know pay dividends when when the time comes because of his his length, shooting, and experience. If if he's the Joe Angles that we know him to be, but I still feel like they need a guard, like a guard that can come off the bench and give them something. Like before Utah started, and shout out to Utah, man. <laughs> right. They have been like if Lowry Marketing is not an all-star, I don't know what's going on. But like yeah, just in terms of in terms of like before they before the Jazz got going, Jordan Clarkson was looking like a dude who was definitely gonna be on the move or a guy like Malik Beasley. I think could have really helped the Bucks, but now I feel like both of those players are important are so important to what uh, Utah is doing. So, mm-hmm. I, I it's probably gonna be a lot harder to get their hands on one of those guys. So, right. yeah, it seems like at this point it's gone from Utah's trading any anybody for anything to like this the trade needs to actually make the team better now, or like you need to give them a first round pick. Danny Ainge is in heaven. Man's a, a wizard, bro. <laughs> <laughs> He's in heaven right now because it's like they, like they got the fourth best offense in basketball right now, which is insanity. I didn't even know that. Yes, they're number four in offense. They're third. I mean, they're twenty third on defense, which kind of tells you why they're only nineteen and sixteen. But at the same time, you know. Just, just having anything in the top five with this roster is spectacular. It's nothing short of, of like amazing, and they're only two and a half games back from first place, and we're almost halfway through the season. The Cavaliers are five and zero in overtime this season. The Hawks and Jazz are three and zero in overtime this uh, this season. Which is an, an interesting statistic, and it just kind of shows you that they're they're just pulling it together in the clutch, which is again shocking. They're fifteen and nine in conference play. Amazing. Ah, uh, yeah, this this is quite astounding, if I'm being honest. But I think I think I think that stuff like that will change. But yeah. I, I I will 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 definitely have to check back in around that time. Of course, you know, in terms of trade deadline stuff. No, for just, sure. Just because I feel like it'll be something where a lot of people do things, and there's a lot of movement, or nothing will happen. Which... Yeah, I feel that it's like a lot, either or type type year. Mm-hmm. Speaking of speaking of needing to make a move, I think the Dallas Mavericks. Have to do something. For sure. They yeah, have to do something. 
Yes, yes. You have the like Luka Doncic is for all intents and purposes the second best basketball player in the world. And you could argue that he in like and some people would argue that he's the best. Yeah, there are people who believe that. The only reason why I wouldn't give him the best player in the world tag is because Giannis Antetokounmpo is running circles around him on the defensive end. Like, you have an absolute wizard. Like, dude is averaging 32, basically 33-8-8, or 33-8-9, basically. And they're bottom 10 in offense. They're dead last in rebounding, and they're 29th in assists, which is appalling. Appalling statistics. Don't you consider that one man gets, like, eight or nine assists a game on that team? <laughs> yeah, he gets eight or nine. He gets about nine assists a game. And he, he gets 30 by himself. He gets over 30 by himself. The dude had a 50-point triple-double tonight. Sheesh. <laughs> like, and I mean, defensively, they're pretty good. They're, they're, they're sixth. And, I mean, I guess that's just, that's just more so a testament to the, the wing defensive players that they have and the, you know, the Jason Kidd effect. But offensively, I think, we're starting to see just how much Jalen Brunson has been missed. Cause I feel like if they have Jalen Brunson, they're at least a top 15 offense. My question is, what do they do to fix that? Like, are like, is there a way that they can go? I don't know. Is there, is there a move that they can make to fix that problem? Cause they've got it defensively. They really do. He's got to get a way, like a, like the perfect player for that team would be like a Chris Middleton, but that man's not available. So I don't know. I don't know that that guy's out there for them. But you you definitely know that they're on the market this year. Yeah, they gotta they gotta bring somebody in. They gotta bring a guard in. They got a lot of like power forward kind of players. Right. <laughs> and the roster just, is kind of yeah, kind of funky. Yeah, and you got pieces you can move like Dorian Finney Smith. Uh, you could pop. I don't know. I wouldn't move Dorian Finney. I would say maybe like Tim Hardaway Jr. I would probably try to move Tim, Tim Hardaway Jr., maybe Davis Bertons or Maxi Kleber, one of them. I'd try to move a couple of them and get something back. I would definitely explore trying to trade some of those pieces. And I mean, Christian Wood has worked out, which has been yeah. a good thing because they got yeah, him for damn near nothing. Coach. The coach don't trust him though, so it's just like, you know, what are we doing here? Yeah, and this is kind of sad to be honest. Speaking of Dallas, why don't we transition to the Christmas games? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Who's playing first? This 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 upcoming Sunday. I guess um, people listening, it'll be uh today when they listen to it <laughs> for that for those terms. But <laughs> actually, Sixers and Knicks first. That's that's. That's so fun. That'll be interesting, actually. The next That's so fun. Right. I'm excited. Sixers gonna whoop that ass, but that'll be a good game. <laughs> yeah, the Sixers. Yeah, the Sixers gonna get busy. Then you got the Lakers and the Mavericks. That actually should be a fun game too. Right. Even even without Anthony Davis, I think it'll be interesting. It'll be a it'll be chippy. I think I low key think the Lakers are gonna win that one. I'm not gonna lie to you. Oh, uh, LeBron! If LeBron and Russell put on the show, they couldn't. They could easily win. I, I know Russ missed the last game. I don't know if he's still hurt. 
hope not. Yeah. But at that point, it'd, be, it'd just be like, uh, which dude between Luke and LeBron can carry their incompetent rosters to, <laughs> to victory <laughs> that day. And LeBron is like at least 10 years older, 15 years older, which is sad. It's, it's sad to watch. Right. Damn. You've got the, the the Mavs and Celtics probably it has it very much has the potential to be game of the night. Yeah. And that that actually might be for the number one seed. Or Celtics and Bucks, you mean? Celtics and Bucks, yes. Yeah, I knew that I, I had a brain fart there too. Yes. Lord, yeah, that's gonna be a good game for sure. That's a that's gonna be their first matchup this year, actually. First matchup since game seven. Right. And it's funny because both them teams just been uh Trying to not get the first seed for the last couple last like like last week they both just been losing. Yes, <laughs> but dumb losses. Today, right? I don't know how y'all lost to the Magic twice and the Pacers. And I mean, yeah. I mean, the Pacers again have been playing well. Shout out to Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton. I guess some players that's really looking like like for example like Jalen Brunson, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Lowry Markinen. And Tyrese Halliburton all are all really fighting for that most improved player award right now. Right. And and ironically, or, or coincidentally enough, first all-star um, selections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They all they all playing outstanding basketball. Shout out to all of them. Right. They're, they're playing yeah, outstanding. Just been, been amazing this year. Yes. Yes. But yeah, M- Milwaukee and Boston, that should be fun. I I just I just I'm excited to see. What and, and uh, Drew Holiday, I know he was dealing with some injuries. Is he still out? He played today. Oh, okay, all right, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, that's gonna be chippy. That's gonna be a chippy one there. No, definitely, like you said, first matchup since game seven. The two top seeds, like you know, most conversations about who's who's most likely going to chip. People are saying Boston and Milwaukee at this point in time. So mm-hmm. that definitely winning that one definitely is, is going to be good for. Uh, like whoever wins is gonna is gonna get a nice little confidence boost, mm-hmm. for sure. especially going into twenty twenty three. Right, and knowing what you got to work on for to beat the no, because those at this rate, those two teams will have to clash once again on the path to the finals. So yes, yeah, they definitely they, a collision course. Stack up, gonna be very very much a worthwhile game. Yeah, you got the Grizzlies and the Warriors, which without Steph, I'm not too in, I'm not too interested now. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, the Grizzlies Grizzlies gonna gonna run a run a muck. <laughs> <laughs> they are going to do that dirty. Slimy. Yeah, I think so. Good this year too. It's always it's, with the Grizzlies. I think that they, like they're terrific. I think the Grizzlies are terrific. I think that they're just they're very well coached. I think that the the only problem is it's, it's just really gonna be about health. In the playoffs, like can they stay healthy? And yeah, I I, I just I just want to I just want to see Ja play a full like go through a full playoff run. And I I I really hope that they can do that this year. Like they always it's always somebody like it's always somebody missing time. Like Dylan Brooks or Desmond Bain or Jaron Jackson. Somebody's always missing time with the Grizzlies. Like high key, Jaron Jackson, like he was one of my. I think he was a player I thought should have won Defensive Player of the Year last year. You mm-hmm. know, of course, I'm glad Marcus Smart got it, but I think Jaron Jackson really was like the, the best defensive player 
and mm-hmm. he's uh, looking like it again this year. Like when he came back, that Grizzlies defense just cleaned right up. And that's what I was worried about. Like when we did, when we did our season preview again, I was worried about the Grizzlies because I, you know, at that point we didn't know how long Jared Jackson was going to be out. Mm-hmm. But um, once he came back, you know, I once I came once he came back, I saw what I was worried. I saw why. Like I was, I saw like what made him so like what, what made it so worrisome for me because just how important he is to their defense. Mm-hmm. But you know, Jaws, John, John Moran is just you know one of one of the, a one of one kind of guy. And Desmond Bain was averaging 25 before he got hurt. Like yes. the Grizzlies really, they really do have a shot at taking it all in the West. Yes. You know, they can they have a shot winning the West. If you can get to the finals, you know, anything can happen at that point. Yeah, they just gotta be healthy, man. That's it. They just gotta have their full their full complement of weapons. Because right. they got it. They can compete with anybody. And they got the heart to compete with anybody. Then you got right. Phoenix and Denver. Which that should be that should be fascinating. Yeah, two uh, two teams with high powered offenses. But um, I just wanted to ask you, how how do you feel with the Suns this year? Do you do you think they they have a shot for real? You you over them? I feel like the Suns have become one of those teams where it's just like like oh in turn like in ter- if we're just talking like in terms of statistics. They're the sixth best offense in the NBA. They're the second, they're the seventh best defense in the NBA. They are fifth in assists, 13th in rebounding. So they're respectable or good in every category, or at least the you know, those major categories. They're a basketball team that has gotten so consistent that they kind of fall under the radar because. You know, from from the moment Chris Paul got there, they've been a top, what, two team? They've been the number one seed since he's gotten there. Yeah. So, and they're right there again. The one year. Mm hmm. Yeah, they're the second seed one year. Yeah, because Utah was number one. Yep. Well, they've been a top two seed regardless since Chris Paul's arrival. And I think we've kind of gotten used to them being so good. But at the same time, I feel like, they're just within that cluster of like mediocrity at this point where it's like, all right, they got to the finals and then last year they got packed up in the most crazy way. <laughs> like, like packed up is crazy. Luca packed them up bad. Oh, he, did, he did them filthy. So, and there's just question marks. Like it, they're just, a, they're just a question mark kind of team. And I mean, without Jay Crowder and like really trying to integrate Cam Johnson now, it's been interesting to watch. So I, I don't know. I just I honestly don't. I don't know. I just I, I feel like I need to see more because statistically and in terms of what they're doing right now, they're doing they're, they're right on par with what they've been the past few years, which is a team that can get to the playoffs and get to a second round. But I don't know if they necessarily have done anything to say, you know, for me to say, all right, they're going to get over the hump this year. And then furthermore, I think they may be one of those teams that need to make a move. Like, again, Jay Crowder, I think they're going to have to make a move with Jay Crowder to bring someone in that takes them over the hump. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know who that may be. But 
I feel like they're missing something. And I think that when they get that something, whether it be, I don't know, like a power forward that can, I don't know, like a, I don't know. I, I really don't know what it is, but they're missing something, I feel like. And I feel like that one thing could put them over the hump because I feel like they're right there in the West, ultimately. That's my that's that that's my answer. They they they're in the mix, but they're missing something. Right. That's my answer. I don't know. I just feel like I think I just think there's better options. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Grizzlies scare me more. At least at this current moment, Grizzlies scare me more. The Sun, the, the Nuggets scare me more. Mm-hmm. Pelicans, frankly, scare me more. And the Pelicans mm-hmm. almost took them out last year. So, you know, it's mm-hmm. just like, and yes, Devin Booker was hurt, blah, blah, blah. But the Clippers scare me more. Right. Like a healthy Clippers team, they, they're still, Clippers still very funky, but nonetheless, despite the funk, their record is positive. They're 19 and 15, I think. You know, like, yes, I can't they're really, right there. I can't say they're that they're trash. They just, they just look off. And just, but, you know, they definitely can hit, all, they definitely have like two or three more gears that they can hit. Whereas the Suns, I feel like maybe they have one more gear, maybe. And even then, I don't know if that gear puts them at the top. So it's just, like you said, I need to see more. But they do they do need to do something with Jay Crowder for the simple fact that that's a wasted roster spot at this yes. point. It's an asset. Like, Jay right. Crowder is an asset in most situations on most teams. And I feel like if you put him somewhere else, you'll get something for him, whether it be a pick or whether it be a player that can help you right now. You need something in his place. Like, it's, it's not like, you know, y'all have an embarrassment of riches. Every team in the West in that playoff hunt has a lot of talent. So, mm-hmm. yeah, being quite frank, I feel like they need to make a move with that. Jay. Like they need to really get past that Jay Crowder situation and really figure out what the hell they're going to do with Jay Crowder. And bring somebody in that can really help them get over the top. I don't know what it is. And also, my thing too, and it's something that I think this is why I think like part of it is a lack of heart. I feel like, like I feel like they get punked. Like I feel like every time they lose, they get punked. Well, enough on the Suns topic. I want to get back into all of these, you know, these games as a whole and Christmas. So just like, do you have any closing thoughts about, you know, what we've talked about and the the matchups coming up? In regards to the matchups coming up, I don't have much else to add. I just, I just have a feeling Embiid might go for, might go for a 40, another 40 piece. He's been hooping lately. Forty feet. I think that's gonna be. That's one big performance. I don't know. You know, Luke always go. Luke always has big performances. That point's not even like, like a bold prediction. But especially knowing Anthony Davis, I think Luke might have a big game. Although I still think the Lakers are gonna win. I don't know. I'm just excited for that Celtics Bucks game. That's at five o'clock. Definitely gonna take a little nap before then. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think that's gonna come down to the last shot. Or the last couple of possessions, I think, I think in that game you probably have like a one, a one what like one hundred seven, one hundred five kind of game. Okay, something like that. 
I think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown both go for 20. I think Chris Middleton and Giannis both go for 20 plus. I I would say Jason, I I, I say Jason Tatum go, I say Jason Tatum and Giannis both go for 30 because I feel like not only are they both vying for number one seeds and they are, you know, the top two teams in, in the East, Giannis and Jason Tatum are both competing for the MVP. Right. This year. So I feel like they're going to duel. And I feel like the person, the person who has more out of you know the two of them is gonna be the victor. Okay. I think that that that's that serves as like a bold prediction there. Uh don't look now, but the Memphis Grizzlies are beating the life out of the Phoenix Suns. I just want to put that out there. At this very moment. At this very moment, they're beating the life out of the Phoenix Suns. Now I got to look. Golly. It's only the third quarter. Sheesh. They are beating the life out of them. That's what I'm talking about, bro. It's real food sometimes. That lack of heart, man. I'm telling you, it's going to hurt them in the playoffs. They miss it. Arguing with each other and whatnot. Back it up. That is craziness. I'm kind of sad though. That that uh that Brooklyn Nets Cleveland Cavaliers matchup that's gonna be on the 26th. I kind of wish that game would have been on Christmas. Yeah, that'd be cool for real. That'd have been cool. Y'all can get rid of that Lakers and Mavericks game. No, y'all can get rid of the Grizzlies and Warriors game. Right. That would have been cool. I'd have been good with that. Oh man. No, Bane's back today. Who? Desmond Bain. Oh, no wonder. <laughs> they are beating the hell out of them. Right. That is craziness. But yeah, do you have any other thoughts about just the landscape of the NBA or about uh the Christmas games? At least or just in regards to landscape, it's it's still like the West is so just so jumbled right now. Like one, two, and three are tied in terms of like t- the games behind and shit like that. Like they're all tied record-wise in that regard in the West. Uh, Phoenix is only a game behind three, which is basically a game behind one. You know what I mean? And then, uh, like, you know, the West is just very, very jumbled. Like, one loss really changed things. So I'm, I'm definitely interested to see when where some separation starts to come in. I feel like certain teams are – like, you know, especially the Warriors and the stuff again, the Steph Curry injury – do they hold they you know hold together or do they fall apart and the stuff mm-hmm. have to carry them to like a 45 win season, which would be you know that's super low. And at this the way the West is right now, I don't know if 45 wins is enough to get you out the play. You know, I don't think that's enough to get you out the play in at this rate. Yeah, 40. Well, no, 45 wins I feel like would get you a play a play in spot. Yeah, like I meant like get you like in like the 60, you know, is what I mean. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Like you saw like the Clippers ended up. Losing one game, the next game, Paul George is out for COVID protocol last year. That was wild. They was like set, that can happen. Set that up. That's why you don't, you don't want to be in the play because shit like that can happen. That was craziness. Right. Yeah, that, yeah, that was that was wild. So I'm just very very curious to see where separation comes, like especially within the next month, because you know as things are approaching, as separation starts happening, that's when teams start making decisions around the trade deadline. Like, so should I possibly maybe, you know. Sell off, well, my, sell off some of these good players, and should we just hold fast, or should we start become buyers? You know what I mean? 
Yeah, like the I, East, there needs to be separation as well. But like we know the top, the top two teams. Mm-hmm. And I think we know that that next three. Yeah, Cleveland, Brooklyn, and Philly are definitely head heads uh, head and shoulders above that next the next five teams. So, yes. Yeah. So you know. This, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No. 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 This should this should all be interesting. Utah, you like we said, shout out to Utah. They holding on. They still in the race. And now, I wonder how. And it's again, it. Danny Ainge is in heaven right now because they're doing so well that at this point, the pieces that he would have just offloaded maybe a couple months ago, just offloaded for scraps and a pick. At this point, you got to put some respect on every piece that they trading. Right. And it's like, you got to give me top, you got to give me top dollar for everything I give you. Right. If I'm, if I'm Danny Ainge now, and it's like, he's going to get more value than he already has. And he could stick with this team and this team, the way that they're playing, especially on the offensive end, again, being the the fourth best offense in the NBA, which is unbelievable considering the fact that Lowry Markkinen is your best player. Like Lowry Markkinen was like, what, the fifth, sixth best player on the Cavaliers last year? Yeah, he's about five or six, I'd say, because Kevin Love was coming off the bench doing great things. Yeah, like you had him, you had him as like the fifth, the sixth best player on the team. And he's coming over to the Western Conference, and y'all got the fourth best offense with Colin Sexton and Lowry Markinen and Jordan Clarkson leading the way, which is insane. So, but yeah, I am quite fascinated to see what Danny Ainge does around that time because Again, like you, a you could stick with this team, get to the playoffs, go home in the first round, or go home in a playing situation, and you know just have a billion draft picks to come back with again later next year. Or do you offload some of these pieces and try to get more pieces? Or do you go after a superstar like a Trey Young? Because <laughs> right. you you got the pieces to do it. You got the pieces to bring in a huge name. So. We'll see, though. I I think that that'll be fun. That'll be fun to watch. But yeah, there's a lot of intriguing storylines. But as I said, my my timetable, I think is is holding serve in in MLK days, where we'll really see what some of these teams look like, especially in terms of you know the health department and players coming back. So you know Steph and the guys like Steph Curry, Tyrese Maxey should be back by then. Um, hopefully, Anthony Davis isn't going too long and I hope the Lakers don't fall like as you said I hope they don't fall out too bad because he was really playing he was playing all NBA basketball as far as I'm concerned we shall see but if you don't have anything else I just wanted to take a moment to shout out our listeners the uh, game time with Zach and Jamir faithful, <laughs> should we call it? Yes, sir. They look the goats. Hashtag yes. twelve listeners. 
Yeah, we we looked at those those Spotify rap numbers and like I don't know if I don't know how it was for me, but I I I can definitely say I was proud and I was very appreciative. Right, yeah, give me some perspectives. Like, hmm, people actually do listen to, to this random podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely I definitely feel that definitely was like a perspective definitely was gained. And we were in the top 10% most shared podcast globally. Yeah, that's crazy. I would have never thought that. Yeah. So, I don't know who's sharing it, but regardless, thank you. Please continue to share. We saw a 27% increase in following, and that's because of the fact that y'all sharing us, y'all sharing us out there, y'all sharing our voices. So. Keep telling your friend to tell a friend. Yeah, and that's how that's how it goes. That's how that's how the, the word gets out. So yes, please keep doing that. It's greatly appreciated. Yes, sir. Um, thank indeed. you. To, thank like Jameer said, thank you to everybody listening, who keeps listening, who sharing, who follows, who gives us feedback. We appreciate all of it. Definitely want to make this product as be, as best as we can. Because you know, if we're gonna do it, why not do it well? So yes, the sharing is great, but do please also. If y'all have feedback, y'all, you know, y'all know where to find us on our personals or even on our our game time uh, socials. Just definitely just reach out to us. Absolutely. Well said with a brother from, you know, a brother with a master's degree. <laughs> you know, also, if y'all want some certain episodes or certain topics to be covered, let us know. We have taken those into consideration in the past and we have uh, done a few, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, based on some suggestions. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Do you have anything else? No, that's all I got, bro. All right. Well, again, thank you, everybody. Happy holidays. We'll see you on 2023. Zach, take it away. Sir, so that is it for today's episode of Game Time. Again, this is Zach Craig, hosted by John Mary Wilson. So thanks, everyone, tuning in once again. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Game Time underscore podcast. On Twitter at Game Time underscore ZNJ. And you can also follow us on Game Time with ZNJ on Facebook to stay up to date on further content. And listen to future episodes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, as well as Anchor. And we can't wait to talk more basketball on Game Time. Look forward to these Christmas games. Happy holidays, y'all. Talk to y'all soon.